to the Untitled Cinema Gals Project, the podcast dedicated to discussing film, television, and the people who make them. I'm one of your hosts, Morgan, and this is Chels. Hi, Morgan. How's it going? Uh, well, not as good as you. How are you with that uh, Sofia Coppola wine? You know what? I really earned this wine. I, I'm, I'm not going to indulge the viewers, but I just had a couple moments of stupidity. I have cut my armpits. I have stepped in some water. It's been a journey, y'all. It's, you know, and it's not even 9 p.m. Not even 9 p.m. Not even 8 p.m. where I'm at. Wow. Wow. Well, Chelsea, are you ready to do something a little bit different today? I am so ready. I'm pumped. Excellent. Well, folks, we're going to do a mini episode. A mini-sode, if you will. Uh, And today, what we're going to be doing is covering the film Black Widow. That's right. We both paid Disney money so that we could sit in a theater and enjoy the air conditioning and explosions and stuff. It was great because it was 100 degrees the day I went to go see it. And I love air conditioning. Who doesn't love air conditioning? Monsters. You might be hearing the fan in the background at my, my audio because it's hot. Oh yeah, my ceiling fans are going. I do not care. I got my bubbles here. I'm ready. And we're about to dive into Black Widow. So let's talk about this film that was supposed to be released a year ago. Literally, what, 14 months ago? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we probably should have gotten a Black Widow film, I don't know, at least seven years ago. At least before Age of Ultron. So, at, yeah, seven years sounds right. But this one specifically, we could have had five years ago. And it oh, would yeah. have made logical sense. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, so we essentially are getting a Natasha Romanoff solo film where we see her and her sister, Yelena, and her dad, uh, the sheriff from Stranger Things and yep. Rachel Vice, her mom. The librarian. What do you think that a place like this is doing in a girl like me? Do you remember that from the movie? <laughs> I love that film so much. Anyways. One day we will cover that film specifically because it's a very gay film without people realizing it, but not today. Today is not that gay day. No. Instead, we got a lot about like feminism and defined you know defining your own family and giving people a hard time for really weird poses and action sequences cgi yeah so what do you think about black widow you know with every marvel thing i go in with like the uh, am i gonna have fun are there women in this is it under two and a half hours like again I enjoy most Marvel things, but my expectations are like, as long as it's better than Age of Ultron, which was long trash garbage. So I went in with really low expectations and I had a blast. I cried so much and I don't know if it was the air conditioning or the story, but I was digging it. 
What about you? Well, I still can't figure out where you cried because I didn't cry. But I did have a really good time because it, I, I will also say there were a few parts that were like a little bit slow for me. And I understand that they were attempted character development, but Marvel's not that good at character development normally. Um, you know, look at pretty much most of the films. That- Literally all of the Guardian films. I could not tell you those characters. No. And then they like try to give you, they're like, oh, this is their backstory. And then they were like, oh, we didn't think that we would do another film. So here's new backstory because we ran out of ideas. And that's the big thing about Natasha as an Avenger. It's like she has had 20 some odd iterations of little things written by men. And usually there's a lot of misogyny laced throughout. I mean, literally Age of Ultron, the gross portrayal when she was introduced in Iron Man 2 how she's constantly sexualized like literally the Hulk lands on her boobs is like her opening scene in the Avengers the first one yeah so it's like this film I feel like had a very weird task of taking all the garbage that was given to her and trying to align it with the somewhat decent stuff the character development that was never exactly focused on her and then try to give it some closure because this is the last Black Widow we're going to get. It was a weird task. Yeah. And what I found really interesting about it, though, is that, you know, the Natasha character has essentially been portrayed as like this evil killing machine who's having to learn how to have feelings. And the only feelings that she's ever able to to develop our like lustful feelings about all of the male Avengers. And now all of a sudden we finally get this film that gives her complexity and uh, more than just a love interest story. And I always find that like the love story being between, you know, like friends or sisters or family is always so much more gratifying than like romantic ones in films. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm still pissed off about the Hulk-Natasha romance, quote-unquote, in Age of Ultron. And the reason they can't be together is because she is barren and she had a forced hysterectomy. And then this film contends with it, but does it in a much more joking manner to where it's just grossing out a dude, which I appreciate. But it's also, in that case, you are literally cleaning up the shit of Joss Whedon. I mean, I will say that in addition to Natasha, we do have the really great Florence Pugh coming in as Yelena. She, I mean, honestly, is there anything that this woman can't do? Seriously, she manages to be the comedic relief. Like, and I just, just the little things like the vest, her being so proud of the vest and the pockets. And I'm like, honestly, I would totally love a vest with a ton of pockets right now. And I'm like, that is a very gay thing of me to think. But she does so much. And then her making fun of the poses and calling her a poser. <laughs> that was just such a funny running joke. I loved that. I mean, it I had loved it. Yeah. I loved the part where I almost bled to death. Like, I just love the snarkiness of her. Oh, this would be a cool way to die. Oh, this would be a less cool way to die. (laughs) Yes. And I, but one of the things that I find so interesting is that she was both the comedic relief and kind of the heart of the story because, well, you know, Scarlett Johansson's character is our main character. 
I think that having to peel back all of those awful layers that men have given her is just like too much of a 180 kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's an impossible task. And I'm kind of glad, like, I know a lot of people are talking about Scarlett Johansson didn't have much to do in this, but it's also like, what more could you want her to do that would actually make sense? Because we know the MCU isn't about closure. It's about setting up the next thing. And we are literally, like, this film is setting up more of the expanding universe and TV things, especially Hawkeye later down the line. I, I mean, spoilers for this entire film, but also the post credit scene. It's literally setting up the Hawkeye TV show. Yeah. And I think that the thing, you know, like the whole closure thing, I think, I think that's kind of the closest that we're ever going to get to the MCU giving anyone that because... I mean, they do kind of clean up a whole lot of mess in under two hours. It's like two hours and 15 minutes. So probably like two hours without the credits. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at two hours, you're literally having to undo so much. And you're essentially showing her as kind of like the catalyst for a ripple effect, which I think is also a good thing you know, to kind of honor this character and honors someone who gave a decade of their career to, you know, a A machine, like a story machine that just completely and continually devalued them as like an artist. Because I mean, Scarlett Johansson was what double nominated Yeah, she was double nominated for the Oscars the year of Endgame. And I thought Endgame was, she did a really good job in that. And I think that's some credit to the Russo brothers, because I think they're better directors and better at directing women, as Mm -hmm. as you've seen on like shows like Community and Arrested Development. But I don't know. I think, again, Scarlett Johansson is my favorite actress that I never want to ever speak. She does not need to speak ever. Oh, but Scarlett. I know, but she's great in Marriage Story. She's, I think she's the best part of Jojo Rabbit, a film I, I just don't really care about. But I don't know. I think she does a good job here for what she has to do, which is be part of the Marvel machine. I think I'm most impressed with the directing of the film because it did, for the most part, feel different than every yeah. other Marvel film. Like, I felt like the action actually had purpose, led Mm -hmm. to stuff, and was fun, and you could follow it. Most of the time, it's just a CG mess. This, I could actually kind of follow, and I actually cared about the characters fighting. And credit to Kat Shortland, the first solo female director of a Marvel film, because we have to have all these addendums to this nonsense. Yeah, because, you know, the first time that you give the woman a woman the reigns of a marvel film you can only give we can only give them half the reign we can only give them a reign and captain marvel nia DaCosta, the marvels captain marvel 2 whatever we want to call it she'll have some reigns i'm I'm really pumped about that one yeah no but you're right like black widow did kind of feel very different because it kind of felt like a reclaiming of the character while it didn't completely give her like the perfect story and the perfect ending it certainly was a, it was almost like an homage to the way that women are treated, like, in 
the industry and certainly in the juggernaut of a very big film corporation that's pumping out movies is it's like look at the harm that men do and the way that they then manipulate women to turn on each other yeah and it's like i know the film isn't exactly saying what is going on with the widows because that's like a big character thread this man being in charge of the widows and stealing children but i think if marvel is trying to make an allegory of some sort an allegory for the sex trade of women it's there and i'm curious to see where they go with it because they've got it set up to where they might explore that more with rachel vice and the sheriff of stranger things and florence pew 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 but i'm very curious to see where they go with this because it's a good idea but how are you going to follow through yeah, and I hope, so I have not watched WandaVision on your Disney Plus yet, um, but- Take your from, time, it's not too long. Well, one of the things that I did hear about that, that I kind of think that Black Widow was maybe the catalyst for, but we didn't see it as the catalyst because of the way that things got wonky with film releases, is we're starting to have like these female characters get- be able to be reclaimed by the women who started them. Like Scarlett Johansson was an executive producer on this. We know that Elizabeth Olsen was really heavily involved. She wasn't a producer, but she's been giving a lot of interviews lately about how she has able been able to have a say in it instead of have like mm-hmm. just stand there and be silent like she was on Age of Ultron. And one thing I really like is the um, head writer of WandaVision, Jack Schaefer. Um, she is a has a story credit here on Black Widow, and she's got story credits on other really great things. Everyone go watch her rom-com Timer from like 2010. It's amazing. Emma Caulfield's in it. It's my one of my favorite rom-coms. We'll cover it eventually. But I really do like that they have this really talented female writer kind of like having some story arc across this universe because it's really just been... Kevin Feige and a ton of men. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the weight, I mean, there's still weight to Black Widow because obviously it's finally this character that so many people had wanted to see have their own solo film, have their own solo film. But um, I think that maybe it would have had an even greater impact had it had come out in like the release order that was originally intended before the pandemonium occurred? I think so, because one thing that is a little messed up in the timeline of things now is um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They introduced the character of Julia Louis-Dreyfus, some countess, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand. I have not watched that show. I'm trying to figure out Julia Louis' episodes and scenes, so I don't have to watch the whole show. But... Um, that character she is in the end tag of Black Widow and that's where she was supposed to be introduced and then she was then supposed to be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier with a bigger role and so on so forth which honestly Julia love it so happier honestly I mean you're the daughter of a billionaire you don't need money but you know what get that Disney money go do something good with it you usually do yeah get like she didn't get an Emmy nomination but get another okay she did not need an emmy nomination she's literally got the record for most emmy wins like tied with Boris thing we need her to go up there bring tony hale they can do a funny bit like they always did that's all we want 
Do you think if she is also in Hawkeye, like Florence Pugh is supposed to be in Hawkeye, and if they're both nominated, do you think we could get like Marvel bits at the Emmys when that happens? Probably oh, a year yeah, from totally. now. Totally. Totally. These are free ideas. Just, you know, give us tickets to the Emmys. You yeah, know. that'd be great. Yeah. You can keep the ideas, give us free tickets. Thank you much. Yeah. But again, I had really low expectations for every Marvel thing in the world because Have I think to. most of them are not very good. I don't or, understand most of them. Or the ones that I enjoy in the moment, I will completely forget about because I only revisit like a few of them, like Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, I like that one for some reason as background noise, but I don't watch a lot of these oh, more than once or twice. No, I don't get them. I don't understand most action films anyway so the fact that I enjoyed this enough to where I was like okay look at this character development yeah shows that there was a lot more substance to it then yeah and I just think the directing style was so interesting I want Kat Shortland to be able to go do whatever she wants now yeah this is now a Kat like, Shortland stain account it really is like whenever we got the opening credits at the beginning of the film and it kind of set a tone it's like oh I wish more films would do this and not just like Mission Impossible and Star Wars. No, she really was like, this is where we are. Yeah, we didn't have to do Buckle the up, 20 folks. minutes of like end credit title cards. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I had a good time. Yeah, so Black Widow still in theaters, obvi gonna probably be there for a while i will say i'm very petty and i'm very happy it made more money than the furious 9 f9 fate of the nine <sighs> fast and furious in space just yeah. because like they always underestimate female-led projects and especially in the pandemic they're like it's gonna make like 12 dollars or something no it's not but then it it made like what eighty million dollars plus sixty million on Disney Plus because it was Premier Access, mm -hmm. and it's like the first film of the year to like, well, first film in a long time to get like two hundred million at the box office. So that's pretty pretty cool. I don't know if Godzilla vs Kong did. I assume it did. I mean, I, maybe... I saw it one time, so I think my ten dollars really went very far. Yeah, I know I for sure watched it on HBO Max because, you know, pandemic. But um, yeah, I will also say it was really nice to be in a pretty full theater with a bunch of masked people enjoying a movie together. That was it was a lovely. good time. I got to eat my movie theater nachos, which I can eat because it's not real cheese. It's fake ass cheese. That doesn't kill me. Morgan, how do you feel about cheese ice cream? Um, that ain't it. It's Ain't an abomination. It. Abomination. <laughs> so, abomination. Uh, quick, quick uh, pop culture thing. Uh, Kraft is attempting to make a cheese ice cream. Um, please do not, do not succumb to whatever weird craziness that is. I don't even want to try it to see if it's sweet or savory. And I have thought about trying a bunch of really dumb things that people make. I have eaten a lot of dumb foods that are not good. Or surprisingly good. No. Nope, not about it. Don't do it. Okay, Morgan, <sighs> my final pressing question for you is, will you see any of the other three 
Marvel films that are set to be released this year. Yeah, because the Eternals. Yeah! We gotta support Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao. Also, everybody in that film looks beautiful, and when I got to see that trailer in an IMAX theater, it's like, oh, this is gorgeous. I love what's happening here. Are you gonna see Chang-Chi? And the I mean, I do, I do, I do love Aquafina. I don't know oh, how yeah, many rings there are. I don't know how many rings. I, I cannot remember. Because I want to call it the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. That, that's not it. Much like Kraft cheese ice cream, that's not, not it. it. And then there's a Spider-Man in December. Are you going to see the Spider-Man? What is it? like home home on the range kind of thing. I don't remember which one it is. Uh whatever the next Tom Holland one is. You know, it doesn't have Jake Gyllenhaal in it, which is the only reason that I saw that middle Spider-Man movie. So I gotta say, when Michael Keaton and Jake Gyllenhaal are the best reason to watch your Spider-Man movie, maybe we need different Spider-Man movies. Maybe we should just stay in the Spider-Verse. Or just like no Nothing's going to ever be as good as Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Yeah. Nothing. And I don't even like those movies that much, but I like Alfred Molina. Feminist icon. Feminist icon. Who is British? We always forget he's British. Always. It always, it always surprises me, even though I know this. It always surprises me. And I love him. Who doesn't? Monsters. Correct. Well, folks, go watch Black Widow. What else do we have to tell people? I mean, stay hydrated, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you're not. Come on, y'all. Come on. Um, Stay six feet away from me. And I think that's it. At all times. At all times. I don't want that rule to ever end. Stay away from me. Thanks for listening to the Untitled Cinema Gals Project. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show on your favorite platform. Connect with us over on Twitter and Instagram at at cinemagals, where we'll link our other podcasts in writing. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.